welcome to the Self-Help Podcast, a weekly no-nonsense guide dedicated to your emotional health and well-being. Presented by entrepreneur Edward Lamb and psychotherapist Sean Orford. For more information, visit liveinthepresent.co.uk. Okay, hello, welcome to episode 458 of the Self-Help Podcast with me, Ed Lamb. I'm a good pal, Sean Orford, and I'm going to reach out and touch you. Oh my God, I've been touched. <laughs> I surprised Sean this morning. I had a little meeting. Well, I wouldn't say that close, but close enough for me to hop on my bike and come here. And I've yeah. surprised you, haven't I, Sean? Yeah, I thought you were the postman. Well, I didn't I, I didn't knock on his door because I didn't need to. He, the, the sensor sensed me and he came to the door to see what was going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. High security this house. You know. <laughs> we can't approach it without us knowing. Well, it's good to see you. Yeah, uh, I just getting notes up, and uh, is this the first time we've done in person for a while? I think we did do one last summer, maybe. Yeah. When things were strictly eased yeah. a little bit, but nice to see you. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? You're looking not too too bad, actually. Mm. You've aged okay. <laughs> <laughs> matured, darling. Matured. That's it. <laughs> matured. Um, we're talking about uh, inner voices today, um, perhaps relating to well our own inner voices and those of the rich and powerful with some weird stuff going on in the world. Yeah, those aren't inner voices as in psychotic voices. Those are... Well, it, could de- it can develop into that kind of thing. Well, it depends on which way you come at it. But, <laughs> yeah. uh, we're looking at the idea of conscience, aren't we? Right? Yes, uh, we are. So, yeah, check out the website, livingthepresent.co.uk for the links. Sean's blog post as well, which I hadn't read until I got here, but it's pretty good, as ever. A few typos, but... Which I'm sure you'll sort out before I'll, it goes on. I'll try and iron out those creases. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> take a look. And um, yeah, sign up to the mailing list and you get weekly alerts from the show and meditation files available to download for free, which uh, we might talk about at some point uh, throughout this episode. Um, what you been up to, Sean, then? How, how's tricks? Uh, tricks are good. Tricks are good. Life's been good. Um, and I like it that it's been sunnier and warmer. Uh, so from that kind of local point of view, things have been really good. Globally, things seem a bit dodgy. Yep. But um, well, it's yeah. fascinating times on planet Earth, isn't it? Yeah. As ever. Um, but yeah, same. We're just cracking on here. All, all mm-hmm. good, really. And well, the weather's making a big difference to. Yeah. You can, you can feel the spring coming. Yeah. So yeah. In fact, nice. I did see a picture from your lovely wife Marie this morning. She put a little spring-like. All right. Photo on Instagram. Well, around the back of it. I think there's some flowers all right. blooming out by your pizza oven there. So. All right, yeah. Yeah. Very I nice. The tulips, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so listening to your inner voice, um, what, what prompted this one for you, Sean? What's the gist of the blog post? A uh, conversation with a few people, uh, of which the, the basic tenet was, <clears throat> surely Putin has got a conscience, he can tell what he's doing was how it, how it came into it. So we went straight into the Ukrainian um, thing about how could somebody like Putin cause the amount of stress, death, suffering, uh, and be okay with it? Mm. Yeah. So we were talking about, you know, do you have an inner voice? Do you have this inner conscience? Um, and do you listen to it is, is the key thing. Because yep. I'd say that everybody does have an inner voice. Even someone who is a full-blown psychopath will have an inner voice. It's just they can't hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Or okay. They, well, they, they might hear some voices, but not the that positive, you know, conscience voice. Uh, 
yeah, fascinating. I mean, folks like Putin are, uh, I mean, we'll be studying him. I'm, I'm sure people already have, actually. I'm, I'm kind of a little bit ignorant of a lot of the detail of history around Soviet, post-Soviet Russia and a lot of that stuff. Mm. I've learned, I feel like I'm learning quite a bit at the moment as I go along. Um, mm. But in his head, you know, I'm sure Putin is doing exactly the right thing mm. and is on this path to greatness, whether it ends in victory or failure or whatever. Yeah, and I think that's the point, is that when people have that inner feeling that what they're doing is right, you know, is it that he is doing something good for what he sees as, as the Russian dream or the Russian um, ideal, and that what NATO and everyone else is doing is negative? Is that what it truly is? Mm. So does he feel like he's right? And that's the point, isn't it? It always makes me laugh when two armies line up to kill each other and both of them pray to the same God mm-hmm. for victory before they go into battle. Yeah. Which always seems a bit odd to me. Though. Yeah, and I get, but I guess what it comes down to a little bit is that at least I, you know, I have kind of an awareness that um, our side, you know, fighting for or doing our bit in terms of helping Ukraine you know, on a limited amount, we can't get too stuck in, and we've got we've had to kind of limit it to financial stuff and mm-hmm. helping with arms and all that kind of stuff. I can at least I have an awareness that we're not perfect on our side, and that maybe um, over the years well, we've we've got involved in conflicts that we shouldn't have, and we've mm-hmm. acted in ways probably that Russia are, are acting right now. And maybe mm-hmm. I'm even seeing little bits of bobs of news about um, stuff that we're funding in other parts of the world that isn't all that healthy, really, and yep. regimes that we're getting involved with. So I have an awareness that we're not perfect. So, but I, I like to take the high ground over folks like Vlad, mm-hmm. because at least I have an awareness that we're not perfect and that we yeah. we can change course. Whereas he's so direct, isn't he? And people like that, dictators like that, despots, that they're just so unwavering and they're not will. They seem unwilling to change course and maybe realize that. Oh, hang on, maybe. Uh, yeah, I am right and you are wrong. Yeah. And that was one of the things about Trumpy, I think. Was Trump had that there was no kind of movement, no bending. Mm. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people like that stuff politically because you know they want strong leaders, don't they, that are taking on someone who's solid and strong and does what they say they're gonna do. Yeah, make where I live great again and all that kind of Mm. stuff. So you can see why people like that kind of thing. Uh... But in the world of politics, we we've had this problem with oil. Um, because of this war going on. So my understanding is that the Middle East have turned the taps up, mm. so there's more oil in, so the price of oil has come back down again. Yeah, $100 a barrel, I think. Um, but then alongside that, you got the, the message that the regime has just um, uh, killed 81 people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the Saudi regime, that, yeah. that kind of... Yeah, okay. part of the Oh, same. gosh, yeah, the mass execution. Yeah. Yeah, I read about that, bloody hell. And I'm, right, I'm a Newcastle the United fan. And last year, or early this year, we were bought out by the Saudi billionaires, or whether it's the royal family or whatever. Newcastle United are all of a sudden the richest club in the world, apparently. And, uh, you know, it's like, oh, my gosh, that's brilliant, because, you know, we might win the league for the first time in the league 60, 70 years or whatever, or a cup, any trophy. But then it's like, but what at what cost? Yeah. And and that's the thing when we start to get into the conscience, you know. Um, there's something in the conscience of us lot 
and I'm, I'm doing the collective us lot, that says, okay, we'll cut off Russia on the basis that this lot would turn up the oil, uh, but would ignore what they're doing yeah. because we want the oil. Mm-hmm. No, but we will point the finger at Putin. I'm not saying what Putin's doing is right at all. Um, you know, I mean, my thing about if we all look after each other, we're all going to be okay, and we could all live in peace and happiness if we wanted to, but we, we make it so difficult for ourselves. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I mean, moving it back from the kind of global politics side to something our listeners can all hopefully relate to. Um, yeah, I mean, that key word is it about awareness. If you're so like fixated on a certain point of view, how do you, how do you even know? And or how do you, if you've got people in your life that you think are so fixated on a certain path? But unless someone is is able to listen. Because you and I have an awareness that we might be wrong about certain things. Yes, I realise that you might be wrong about that. Yes, so so, so you're always dead keen to bring up stuff about Brexit, about it, you know, know, it's it's got a big role to play in the current, um, Mm. like, global meltdown stuff. And I'm the guy that's always talking about climate and energy stuff. So I'm like, this is climate stuff, you know. There's mass migration, there's there's a fuel crisis, it's the Mm. climate emergency. But I'm kind of aware, aware enough to know that it's a lot more complicated than that. Mm. And I'm sure you're aware enough to know that yeah. this isn't all because of Brexit. No, 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 no. I'm sure, I'm sure it's not. <laughs> and, uh, I'll let Boris off on that one. So what is it about us, and we're not perfect, that, well, and, and, we, a, and a person that allows for that sense, that, that, um, that little chink of, of light and awareness that lets other ideas into our head into someone how head. many times have any of us done something or something we you know we were in a situation and then uh something's happened then we thought i knew i shouldn't have done that mm-hmm. and and actually our conscious was saying to us no don't do that yeah but we did anyway yeah yeah or it works the other way around you know where it's like i knew i should have done that yeah and i didn't yep. yeah because we're not listening we don't trust our inner intuition, you know. Yep. And Where does that lack of trust come from then? And how does it build over time? I think it's programming. I think as hunter-gatherers, we relied on our own intuitive processes to connect with what was around us. Yeah, I think as soon as you start creating cities, towns, villages, whatever, um, and things start to break down, I no longer trust my inner voice. So then we have education where you go to to be educated to learn um, and they teach you everything except how to contact your intuition um, because it all stops at cognition. Mm -hmm. Um, So that we then become reliant on what other people tell us needs to be done or what we need to do rather than as hunter-gatherers we just do it. Mm -hmm. So now we're, we're actually dependent on leaders and once you, you give away your power to the leader, the leader can do whatever they want with it. Now, if you've got a benevolent leader who's lovely, they will look after what you've given them. If not, they will take advantage of it, mm-hmm. yeah, which is the kind of thing that we're seeing. We have a lot of, uh, I'm going to use the word psychopath, I don't mind using the word psychopath. When I say psychopath and sociopath, I mean people that are lacking insight and empathy. Um, or maybe have no insider empathy. Um, but a lot of our leaders around the world are like that at the moment. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got a lot of people that are on the pathic spectrum. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and, and you can always tell it. It's because 
uh, a path will be somebody who comes in and tells you a whole load of nonsense, then goes and does something else. Yeah, and when they're telling you the nonsense, they'll be so plausible and believable and all that kind of stuff, and then they're just going to do what they want anyway. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've got involved in local politics where we are, and it's, it's fa- there's some fascinating characters there. A lot of really good people, actually, and it's interesting, you know, local politicians. I mean, generally, we, you know, they need to be worried about, like, bin collections and, you know, mm. keeping the roads well-paved and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, some have quite grand, like, ideas. Um, you can see they're kind of maybe got their ideas set on a, on a bigger goal and climbing that ladder. Um, but then, you know, any politician that kind of reaches the ranks has to, does so generally with the backing of the people that voted for them. Mm. Putin's an interesting case because he's clung to power and he's kind of, I think he gave up the presidency for a while and then grabbed it back and obviously he's taken pretty serious actions in terms of silencing the voices of opposition and killing journalists or at least ordering that. So, uh, And we had a lovely example, didn't we, of this lady, Marina Osvianakova, who was the editor on the Russian television programme. Oh, gosh. Who so bravely went out on a live broadcast behind the newscast and held up a sign saying, no war, you know, you're you're being taken up the cleaners, this is all propaganda, it's all rubbish, don't listen to it. Mm. Yeah, and she's since disappeared. God knows what's happened to the poor woman. But she listened to her conscience. Yes. That was that inner (laughs) voice going... I cannot sit here and just keep doing this and allow it to happen. I've got to do something about it. Yeah, and she was yeah. in a position of quite great power, actually. So I only just found out this morning that she... I'd kind of wondered how she got into the studio, but she works there. Yeah. Um, so, man, I hope she's all right and uh, yeah. <laughs> managed to escape. Oh, goodness knows what. Uh, well, um, from what I can understand is, is she's disappeared. Hopefully she's disappeared positively and not negatively. Yeah. Um, wow. But, but at this time, there, there was a thing on TV earlier on today about some people that have adversely carried, um, I don't know how they moved it, um, a, uh, a pizza oven from the north of Scotland out to um, uh, the Polish border so that they could start providing food for people coming over the... Wow. And people have delivered... Um, Good food as well. Yeah, yeah. Home, like homemade, freshly made pizza. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Rock and roll. Yeah. I love it. And people have been delivering food to them from here, you know, okay. so that they can cook it all. Mm, wow. Yeah. Yeah, um, no, I mean, there's, there are, there's a lot of people coming, that rising to the fore. I think last night the, the UK government started up a, a process where you could sign up to take a refugee in your home, as yeah. of, you know, when the, all the systems are in place. Uh, and I think 40,000 signed up overnight. Yeah. And it's probably double that now easily. Yeah, um, you know, willing to give up a bedroom or a mm. for a family or a couple that can come and come and stay with them. So there is a lot of good stuff kind of coming out from, and people are yeah having that internal monologue. Monologue: Could we do it? Can we do it? Can we afford to? Can we? Give it, it, space? If you look at all the the, the research yeah. in these areas, people are naturally kind. Yeah, people will naturally step forward to help. You know, there, there's only the, the amount of people that are the takers are relatively few. Really, mm. yeah, they just make more noise. Um, well, in terms of noise, then, I mean, I just want to mention that it's so easy in modern life, isn't it, to kind of drown out any kind of noise and inner monologue. 
just through sheer busyness in life. You know, we've got so much going on, a lot of us, haven't we, with work and families and uh, kind of social lives and obviously phones pinging all the time with notifications. Yeah. That it's, it's kind of quite addictive, isn't it, to want to shut down any any silent time so for actually letting your, your mind wander and, uh, I don't know, letting your in, inner monologue yeah. do its well, thing. Uh, all, all the evidence is that you you need on a daily basis, and I wonder how many people would say, I never do those, um, to sit down for at least half an hour and preferably an hour where you do nothing and you just close your eyes and you just focus and just be with yourself. Mm-hmm. Now, whether that turns into traditional meditation and mindfulness or whether it's just that kind of silent space being with yourself, mm-hmm. um, is there's loads of evidence now that people that do that actually have better brains, are healthier, better immune systems, are saner than people that don't. Yeah. Um, how many people listening to this, when they wake up in the morning, um, the first thing they do is turn on a noise, a radio, music, something to fill the space up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We talked about driving, didn't we? Like, how? Yeah. What's your routine in in the car? Um, in terms of, yeah, is your is your radio on a certain channel or music? Do you have to have it blaring? I like to. Well, I don't, as people will know, I try and avoid driving as much as I possible as I can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I do drive, I'd like to have the radio off and kind of. And I think it's because I'm so used to riding and needing my senses and being able to hear and just kind of focus that I like to be able to know what's going on around me. But a car is so it's such an easy place to kind of seal yourself off from the world, isn't it? Mm. As you zoom around. You're uh, in a bubble. Yeah. And uh, I kind of feel a sympathy for a lot of people that, that, that do that when I'm zooming around on my bicycle, taking in, you know, the air, the sometimes the wind and the rain, whatever it is. I really enjoy that, you know, and I kind of enjoy taking in that fresh air. Yeah, you know, when you hear cars go past <clears throat> and the base bin thing in, in the boot mm-hmm. is so powerful, they must have blood coming out of their ears. <laughs> I mean, how, how, how can those people actually be focused yeah. on what they're doing with that level of, that volume of noise? Yeah, I don't know. I haven't looked at any studies about that, but yeah, mm-hmm. quite often if it, there's a certain kind of driver that, they're acting a certain way and you can hear the music you know that they're, they're not they're not con- concentrating completely on the job they're kind mm. of off somewhere else yeah you know maybe they are speaking to that internal dialogue maybe that's that inner mind maybe they need to be talking to the external mind which is watching the road watching that fella on the bike yeah wobbling yeah. around yeah, in front right. of you but yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i don't know we I mean... do we do you know and i'm guilty i reach my phone in the morning as soon as i wake up pretty much once cooper the little dog's kind of jumped on and licked me all over the face and I've kind of <laughs> wrestled him off. <laughs> it's, uh, and I've, yeah, done me kind of got the kids, got the kids sorted and got them a slice of toast and all that. It's yeah. kind of a little bit of peace and quiet checking in with the world on my phone, but maybe I need to get rid of that, you know, and hmm. find some time. I, I mean, I like um, to be informed, but not inundated is a thing. So a lot of people that I talk to during the day talk to me about what's going on in the news they're using it as metaphors for yeah. life yeah have you heard about you know that kind of thing <clears throat> mm-hmm. so i i have to stay fairly well informed so that i can stay on it yeah but not um not get to the point where i drown in it i mean i i stopped watching the news before i went to bed because some of the images were so distressing 
Yeah. That I thought I really don't need to go to sleep with that in my head. And then... Yeah, same. I mean, and, and through the whole Brexit stuff as well, I was quite addicted to watching the news and watching Newsnight, mm. Question Time and all that kind of stuff. Mm. I, it just reached a point where I was like, well, just why? What's the point, you know? And I'll mm. sign petitions if I need to and I'll ping the odd email off to my MP, but I'm just going to, you know, just going to crack on and just do my own thing for a little bit because it was, it was and, too and, much. <clears throat> and and it's true now, is it, that whether this conflict turns into World War Three, and and if it did, what that would actually mean, there's nothing you and I can do about that now. Mm. So it's no good building the panic and the anxiety now. We've got to live in the, in the present where we are and get on with what we're doing. Um, and that does certainly include helping where we can. Mm. You know, philosophy that would be financial help. Some people will be able to create space for people. Yep. You know. um, yeah, definitely. I mean, in, in my own life, online life as well, in my like digital alter ego, I've developed a quite a like C list celebrity status in like talking about cycling on on Twitter mm. mainly. So I'm, I'm mm. like uh, yeah, hundreds of thousands of. Mm. of impressions and views of some mm. of the stuff that I put out which is quite mm. addictive mm. checking the notifications mm. I try I try not to be like just in the echo chamber of like of cycling and road safety Twitter I've got a few accounts that I follow on the other side of the chamber or like the of the mm. argument and just to kind of keep me honest a little bit and yeah. remind me that there are people with other points of views and I, I have really interesting conversations with them actually when I because we've kind of reached a point where we both understand each other's side. We might not agree all the time, but um, we inform each other's opinion a little bit. And mm. I think we're both aiming for the same outcome generally. It's just like safer, cleaner, quieter mm. roads that you know mm. people can get from A to B safely and you know mm. efficiently. Uh, but it's quite healthy speaking to those people because there was a point when I was kind of debating whether to un hit that unfollow button. I don't want to see that anymore. That's not what I think. Mm. Um, but I resisted and I've kind of they've grown into probably quite good relationships in terms of yeah just it, it's too easy to become mm. insular isn't it? And, unless we go out and interact and I think that's one of the problems with Covid and lockdown and people withdrawing from offices mm. that when you do Zoom calls and everything else there isn't the same level of kind of interaction and interchange that there would be in a face to face like this like this, indeed. Yeah, yeah. You can smell me and everything. Yeah, oh, it stinks. Cycle yeah. too hard today, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that whole thing about um, seeing other people's points of view, even when you disagree with them, mm. you know, you, I go into the hospital and, and a person would come <clears> in and think, "Oh my God, not them." Yeah, but they still added something to the mix. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and is that just that little chance, isn't it? You can swing their view and you can meet somewhere in the middle and compromise yeah. and all that kind and of stuff. And they're probably looking at me thinking, oh, God, it's him again. Yeah, all right, yeah, fascinating. What's your uh, resource or anything else you want to talk um, about? Yeah, I put a resource on the end here. Let me just, it's, uh, it's a link. It's, it's, um, it's called thriveglobal.com and it's, it's why you should listen to your inner voice. And, th and there's a few little stories and articles on that site that are quite useful to make you think. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah I'm going to yeah. healthline.com and everything you, everything to know about your internal mon monologue, mm. about whether we have one, um, and it's quite in-depth, kind of some in-depth science yeah. about it. 
um, and how you can shift it a little bit to be a bit less less critical as well, that kind of thing, because your, your monologue yeah. inside can be, it's not always, I must do this, I'm on the right path. It can See, be. Now, without trying to sound like a, a kind of a multiple personality disorder person, I think that inside a person there is... Uh, there are, there are two voices that are going, why are you doing that? I don't know, you should, you shouldn't, you know, that kind of argue with each other, mm. yeah? But if above that is that observer self, and that's where the conscience is, oh. that is above that kind of thinking, feeling bit, and just kind of knows. And that's the thing about when you're in touch with your intuition, if you go into a situation, you know whether it's good or bad, you know whether it's right or wrong. Yep. You don't have to, to relate to logical emotion, you just know. And that's the bit that's important. Yeah. But yeah, it's fun. It's fun. All right. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, we're back next week for more. Um, I might knock on your door again. You never know. We you might never be know. On, on Zoom. Or I could knock on your door whilst you were knocking on this door. And then we... Oh, that would be embarrassing, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to give each other a set of keys so yeah, I can let myself yeah. in here and you yeah. can record. <laughs> Say hello to Cooper back yeah. at my place. Yeah. All right, Sean, thanks a lot. I'll see you next time. Yeah, you take care. See you, Ron.